Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Getaway Day. I'm Mason, he's Gautham, and let's talk some baseball. So, um, actually, before we talk some baseball, let's talk some baseball cards. So, um, I don't know how many of you guys have seen. Uh, I do some card opening videos on this channel occasionally. Um, did one last night. It's going to go up on YouTube here in a couple days. But, um, we decided that we wanted to share kind of our uh, affinity, uh, if you will, for baseball cards with you guys. So uh, to thank you guys for uh, supporting us um, and uh, just watching us uh, live on Twitch or on YouTube or listening through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, any of those, uh, we've got a giveaway going on on our uh, Twitter and Facebook pages. So I just retweeted it again last night, um, and I haven't posted it on Facebook again to try and pull it up to the top. But uh, basically, if you find uh, the picture with the giveaway information, all you got to do is follow us on the Facebook or Twitter account um, and comment on that post uh, with your favorite player or, or and favorite team. Um, and you can win a... Uh, Luis Robert uh, 2020 Topps Rookie Card, a Joe Adele 2021 Topps Rookie Card, and a Will Klein Prospect Auto from Panini Elite Extra Edition 2020. So uh, if you haven't already, um, go follow us on those accounts, and you can enter on both, so you can get two chances to win. Uh, the drawing will be on July 4th. So I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that up front so that you can... Uh, Get your name in there. So far, we've got about six or seven entrants, so your uh, your odds are looking really good right now. So so do get in on that. Um. All right, now we've got that out of the way. Now let's talk some baseball. Gowie, what'd you do this baseball. weekend? This weekend, yeah, I visited Wrigley Field at one hundred percent capacity. Cubs and Cardinals. Did you take any friends? Um, I sure did. I took my good buddy, uh, Mason. I'm going to fight him. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a grand old time. Oh, it was a good time. Yeah. The first full capacity uh, rivalry series of the year. Um, so we went to game two. Did We did have, uh, let's see, you had a Chicago dog. I had a bratwurst. We had Garrett's popcorn like you got to have peanuts some chicago or local chicago beer is a good time cardinals yes. got romped it was yep. rough we saw we saw a very 2021-esque baseball game there were 10 hits in the game five by the cardinals five by the cubs um and five of them were home runs five of those 10 hits so yep but it was uh it was a good. I mean, it was a good game as far as twenty twenty one goes. I it would have been nicer had it been a little closer than seven to two. Uh, it got to the point where I hadn't been to a game in a year and a half, so I'm cheering for any good thing the Cardinals do. Sometimes sarcastically, sometimes in earnest. Uh, it did get to the point where I was the only Cardinal fan on the entire uh, first base side of the stadium that was still cheering. And I did get someone to yell scoreboard at me at one point. So <laughs> it was a yeah, good time. So, but, yeah, Cubs fans and uh, the, the few Cardinals fans that were there were definitely – well, I don't know if the Cardinals fans were having as good a time as you, but you seemed no. to enjoy yourself at least. Oh, dude, I, I had fun. And, yeah. I mean, 
it one of the it, uh, there were three home runs I loved. O- the Cardinals only hit two, but there were three home runs I loved because you know how much I love Ian Happ. Oh yeah, he's a coffee nerd. His uh, he has uh uh what is it quarantine coffee that he did with um. Oh, what's the roastery called? Connect Roastery, I believe. Yeah, Connect Roasters. Uh, it's pretty good. It's it's a light roast or a lighter roast, a little bit more on the acidic side. So any of my coffee friends, uh, feel free to go and try um, Quarantine Coffee by Ian Happ. It's the reason that I love him. Um, I hate that he wears that whole white and blue pinstripe jersey that has the weird C. I don't know what it means, but whatever. But and then the Cubs actually ended up sweeping that series, though. Uh, they hit a lot of home runs throughout the series, I think. The Cubs hit, what, like four home runs in game one, three home runs in game two, and I don't remember what happened yesterday. I watched the whole game. And... What? That was a quick game. That was like the anti-2021 game. I think it was two and a half hours. So yeah, got a little oh. bit of everything in this series. It finished up 2 nothing, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, two unearned runs was all that was scored yesterday. Carlos Martinez was looking good yesterday, and I don't know what happened, but I want it to happen again. So. Yep. We'll definitely be getting into some of the the Cardinals' uh, pitching issues a little bit later on. Yeah. But But overall, it was was a very fun game to go to, and – the, the fan experience, I mean, we were talking about it uh, off air, just the kind of sensory overload being in the ballpark and with all those people around and the smells and the, the sights and, and the sounds and all that. And I think it was affecting John Gant. Not that he needs any any uh, help throwing balls, but I feel like the crowd played a, a factor in that second inning that forced him to throw a ton of pitches. Yeah, I kind of think it did too. Um, but no, and I, I'm – I uh, suffer from anxiety, and uh, as a lot of people do, uh, especially with quarantine and everything. So going to the game, it, and after not doing anything, not really leaving my house except for to like go to the grocery store and stuff for a, a year and a half, it was major sensory overload. It, it definitely took me a little bit for the anxiety to come back down, but no, it is so worth it though. So, but. All right, outside of Cardinals-Cubs, what happened in baseball this weekend? Um, well, saw more home runs from the juniors, I guess, which is seeming to become a weekly occurrence or daily occurrence. Yes, it is. Dude, Vladdy is a god. I don't know if there's any other way to say it. Like, I'm now changing uh, G-A-W-D to – or did I say J? G-A-W-D to G-O-D. He's just a straight up God. Yeah, and I I checked the MLB app uh, for the stats every like few days or whatever, and 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 Vladdy's leading like basically every offensive category right now. Yeah, he is currently uh, leading all triple crown categories. Yeah. So should be and fun. He's his got sporting cast. He's got there in in Toronto is just firing on all cylinders, even without George Springer in the lineup. Yesterday, let's see. Uh, Simeon homered, Bichette went yard. I think Gurriel homered twice. Teoscar went. Oh, yeah, Teoscar, my bad. Uh, Kevin Biggio hit one, and then Lourdes. 
So and then and then the day before that was uh, let's see, Bo, Cavan, Simeon, and uh, Reese McGuire, along with Vladdy. So so once I get Springer back, it's going to be even better, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see if uh, Toronto can make a push for that second spot in the uh, AL East. I don't know if they'll reach where the Rays are, um, especially with the Rays potentially uh, calling up Wander here in a month or two. Um, Shane Baz just moved up to AAA today. Um, he's their uh, number one pitching prospect. I don't think we've talked about him on the pod yet, but Shane Baz is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, I can see the Rays doing some kind of like um, using him as a as a high leverage reliever in the playoffs or something. Yeah. Kind of like how they used McClanahan last year. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch the AL East, I think. So yeah, that's but shaping then, up to be a really good division. Vlad isn't the only junior to go yard this weekend either. Uh, I believe Ronald went yard again. Fernando hit a grand slam for his 19th home run. Um, we've got some new guys in the top five on the home run leaderboards. Matt Olson just cracked the, uh, or he's now tied with Ronald for third at 18 after I think you said it was a two homer game. Yeah, on Sunday he went deep twice. So Matt Olson showing off that extreme power that he's got, even in that giant uh, Oakland stadium. He's He's hitting long, long bombs. Yeah, Olsen has always been fun to watch whenever he put the bat on the ball. That's just been his issue is he's never really put the bat on the ball. And I think this year he's doing year it in an insane too. clip. He's hitting two eighty nine yeah. so far through 61 games. So, yeah, he's uh, he's becoming a superstar, I think, in front of our eyes too. So, yeah. And then Otani, of course, we can't leave him out. Shohei threw 221 at-bats, has 17 home runs as a pitcher. So, doing things that not anyone else can do. That is the truth. Do you think he could hit his own splitter? (laughs) Well, no one else can. I think he's given up, like, an 037 batting average, I think, before his last start on that pitch, which is the best of any pitch in the league. So he could probably hit it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably take himself deep more often than not. Yeah. Dude's nuts. Um, let's see. And then the, the last thing uh, that kind of before we get into the main topic today um, is – Yasmani Grandal, what's going on with him? Expl- like, I've looked at his stat line. I don't get it. Explain it to me. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. So, he's hitting 157, but he's got a 398 OBP and 409 slugging. He's got 10 home runs. He's striking out quite a bit, 26.9%. That's not a good strikeout rate. That's above average or below average, I guess. But, um, He's walking 28% of the time. He He's basically um, like Barry Bonds in the in the walk department that year that he broke the record for walks. It's just absolutely absurd, and it all adds up to um, 1.6 war 
and a 135 WRC plus. So he's a player that's 35% above the league average with a 157 batting average. Good Lord. Yeah. Is that 157 batting average? Is that legit? Is that, is he getting bad luck? What's going on there? Cause yes, Monty um, Grandal is not a terrible, terrible hitter. Yeah. He's never really been a, like a high average guy, but he's a guy you can usually count on to hit like 240. Um, this year, though, he does have a super low 143 BABIP. So I don't know if that's a combination of him being super slow or just like teams are positioning him perfectly and he's just hitting into the shift a lot. Well, he's a Did switch hitter too, right? He's a switch hitter. So his his batting average from the right side is actually really good. It's 296. So I don't know. But very weird season from him and... I would I would love to see him just keep up his twenty eight percent walk rate for the entire season. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Something that um I kinda wonder if he should try it just for a little bit is if he should not switch it this year. Basically keep yeah. hitting from the right side, even for just a week, and just see what happens. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I mean, we've seen this year Cedric Mullins just completely breaking out after he just became a left-handed hitter. Same thing with Tucker Barnhart after he gave up switch hitting after 19. Yeah, and, um, and it's arguably something Billy Hamilton should have done a long time ago but didn't, and so it it could help. But, I mean, yeah, you'd probably want Yasmani on the left, or the I guess it would be the right side of the dish to give him that extra step and a half towards first as slow as he is. But I mean, if he's not putting the ball in play, he's not going to be on first anyway. Yeah, what, I mean, it's other than the walks, even with such a low average, he can still have an OBP that's close to four hundred. So he's actually not a horrible candidate to bat like near the top of the lineup, even though he hasn't been doing that a whole lot. But he gets on base, and the they got a super good lineup, and he's definitely going to score a bunch of runs. Yeah, and then, I mean, he's not necessarily doing as good as he was earlier in the season, but if they need uh, a guy to come in that's going to actually get a hit, you put in your mean. I mean, <laughs> he's he's hitting like 260 still, I think. He's cooled off, but he's still hitting like 260. So, could always be a, I guess it would be an offensive switch, not really a defensive switch. So I think Yasmani is still the guy you want on defense, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other big topics you got from this week, or should we move into the uh, main topic for today? Because it's going to be yeah, a long one. Some, let's talk some trade deadline. All right. So I didn't do a rundown of what today was going to look like yet, uh, mostly because today is going to look a little different than, it, than any of the other episodes. Um, we don't have multiple segments really today we just have one big topic uh and that is the trade deadline um there's so much to talk about uh teams that are overperforming what we all thought they were teams that are doing horrible compared to where we thought they would be through 64 65 games now um so we wanted to break it down kind of take a uh, a look at each team, kind of see what their needs are, 
Um, if they fit into the uh, contenders slash buyers category, the sellers category, or somewhere in between, and figure out what we need to do with them. Um, we are actually going to do this in two parts. So we'll do this next week as well. Uh, today we're going to focus on the National League. Um, so, yeah, I guess, Gowie, do you want to um, kind of run us through – uh, I, I probably should have typed them up so that we could actually show everybody uh, on the screen the buyers, sellers, and in-betweeners. Um, but do you want to walk us through who are, um, without going in-depth on them yet, just who our like, guaranteed sellers are? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of broke it down pretty generally at this point, like not super in-depth the way I, I broke it down, just – a good way to walk through it but the sellers that we know for sure are out of the race completely they know exactly where they stand and that will be in the selling uh selling side of the the trade deadline and those teams are the pirates the rockies and the diamondbacks on the complete other end of it we got the contenders and the buyers um just looking to make some sometime some kind of minor moves in most cases just to shore up some depth and just maybe fill in an injury need or something like that. And that would be the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants, as well as the Mets. And then we'll finish up by talking specifically about the NL East and NL Central, which are kind of their own conversations, and we will go from there. All right. So, yeah, so um, the the NL West is uh, pretty well figured out who is who at this point because I think we've got all five teams accounted for in the clear sellers or clear buyers um, with the Dodgers, Padres, Giants all buying, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks both selling. Um, but, yeah, the NL East and the NL Central, that's – that's a doozy. It's still pretty early in the season, so we got a plenty of time until the July 30th deadline. So a lot can happen between now and then, and yeah, we are going to see a ton of teams moving up or down in the East and the Central. Yeah, well, and even the team that's uh, that we have is like a surefire category in their category right now that I'm still watching is the Giants. I think the Giants are a, a really good team. Um, I do have some concerns with maybe some of their uh, uh, longevity of their players. Uh, a lot of their players for baseball players are getting up there in age. I think we talked about this maybe last week. Um, their lineup is um, like 34-year-old Brandon Crawford. You've got 34-year-old Buster Posey, 35-year-old Evan Longoria. Um, you got a whole bunch of these older guys. You've got guys that are not necessarily that age, but they're still on the wrong side of 30. And Yaz and Donovan Solano, who haven't been what they were last year, still good players. But then you've got a couple of the guys like your uh, Mauricio Dubons and um, that are bringing youth back to that team. And it's kind of the same story in the, the rotation too. So injuries could be a thing for the Giants and they could end up dropping off from the uh, buyers here in the next six weeks before the deadline. So, um, but yeah. So where do we want to start? Sellers? Yeah, let's start with the sellers. Uh, All right. First seller is Pirates. Uh, what did they have to sell? So 
the guy that I've been pretty high on for the last couple of years as far as my favorite pirate, Adam Frazier. Uh, Frazier is, I think this is arguably the best year of his career. Isn't yeah, it? I'd agree with that. He's really like near the top of the league in hits and really good batting average, getting on base a ton, and he brings you uh, pretty good defense at second base, and he can kind of move around a little bit, play the outfield. So if a team's already got second base covered, he's a guy that can kind of move around, and you wouldn't you wouldn't be worried about his defensive play too. Yeah, and he's just a pretty consistent player. Like, um, I did say this is the best year he's ever had, and he's had some kind of okay years, but he pretty much plays the same throughout the whole season. He's not a streaky guy from what I can tell. Uh, but this year so far through not the 65 games, he's slashing 333, 393, 474. So that is a really good line. Uh, and he does have one more year of arbitration after this season. So he would be a year and a half guy. Um, could actually get some uh, some pretty good prospect value back, I think, for uh, for the Pirates there. Maybe nothing spectacular. You're not going to get uh, Nolan Gorman, a Wander Franco, any of those top guys. You could potentially get like a, a low top 100 pick. Like yeah, somewhere after about 80, somewhere after there probably. Yeah, I think that's something we're going to talk about a little bit here when we get to talking about some of the true rentals. But these top prospects really don't get traded anymore. And um, the the value is a lot lower than we think that it should be based on how it was maybe five years or so ago. Yeah, because, for instance, the Cardinals gave up their their number 13 prospect um, as the key piece in the Arenado trade. He was not a top 100 prospect at all. Um, but Yeah, but the Arenado trade is a little bit in its own Yeah, trade. I mean, we did talk about that one a while ago. Uh, episode 6, I believe, for anyone who hasn't listened to that, that is a really good breakdown of just the state of the Rockies in general. Um, so yeah, but, uh, I I do think that that kind of, it's an extreme, but that does kind of represent what you're talking about there as far as like, you're not getting, you're not trading Mackenzie Gore for, uh, Max Scherzer rental. Yeah. So it's not Glaber for Chapman. That's never going to happen. That's kind of the last trade that, that was a huge price to pay for the team getting the rental back yeah especially with the fact that chapman then went and signed back with the yankees so um let's see the pirates also have uh 26 year old brian reynolds who's uh under team control through 2025 yeah he's been playing really well kind of like how he did in his rookie year in 19 he was not great last year but he's really rebounded pretty much all the way and he's been a really good player for them. If they wanted to, they could trade him because it doesn't look like the pirates will be competitive anytime in the next three or four years. You could probably guess. Um, so with a guy like Reynolds, who's 26, he's right there in his prime right now. Maybe he'll be past his peak kind of by the time they're good. So why not just get the value out of him? And yeah. for him, I feel like they could get a real solid prospect. Yeah, I guess the only thing that I would say 
with respect to that is there's a there's a point where you do have to have enough of a product on the field that you are still bringing fans to the ballpark. So you don't want to give away everyone who's worth anything. Um, you yeah. do like the Cubs had Anthony Rizzo when they sucked, and Starlin Castro, and those were the guys that they were building around. Starlin didn't really stay too long into the the good years. Rizzo stayed a, a, around the whole time, obviously, and he's going to be a free agent this year. But I don't know. There, there is a point where Brian Reynolds is still there through 2025. They could, they probably won't because the state of their farm system is not great, but they could accelerate their uh, their timeline through some other means and basically have the tail end of Brian Reynolds' contract there. Or he's arb, right? Or he will be our. Yeah, he's a pre-arb player right now, so yeah, he's got plenty of years left. And that that was just an idea I was kind of floating. There's really no pressure on the Pirates to trade him at this point. Yeah, and I would be a little shocked personally if they did. It it is an intriguing thought though. I I like that uh, that thought. Uh, but then some other guys they got uh, Tyler Anderson, uh, left-handed starter. Um, he's been pretty good this year. He had a three six three ERA before getting rocked by the Braves last week. Um, yeah, so he's pretty dependable. He's kind of a guy you can throw out there as your fourth or fifth starter, and you're not going to be too worried about what happens. Yeah, and with a lot of teams that are righty-heavy, um, he could give that rotation a different look, which would probably be pretty nice. Um, yep. I've got one particular team in mind that I'm sure you could guess and we'll get to later. Uh, Richard Rodriguez, um, he's reliever, right? Yeah, he's he's been the Pirates' closer. He's been really good again this year after he was good last year. He's got two more years of control, and um, he's 30 years old, so there's really no reason to hang on to him. Just get what you can, and he's been good. His value's pretty decent. He's the classic uh, trade piece. Okay. Uh, and then Kyle Crick, um, yeah, kind of that same reliever. story. Yep. Um, and then Sam Howard, and I don't know who this – it's either like Clay Holmes or Santonio Holmes, and yeah, Clay Holmes and uh, Sam Howard, another couple of relievers. So I'm just telling the Pirates, just just trade all your bullpen guys. You really don't need you them don't need for them. anything. Yeah. You can replace them anytime and easily. So just get yeah. whatever you can, whatever low level prospect, and that should be the the Pirates' strategy. Well, and there's a lot of teams that would be calling on those guys too. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so. That's what the Pirates have to float out there. Um, so Frazier and Reynolds uh, would probably be the biggest value getters for them. Uh, Reynolds would be a huge value getter uh, if they do decide to trade him. And you're right, they're not going to be competitive for a while, so they would be wise to uh, consider it. Um, maybe not do it. Do it for the right deal. Don't do it for any deal. Um Moving on, though, uh, we'll we'll do this one kind of abbreviated uh, because we did do an in-depth um, episode on them here a couple weeks ago, and not really a whole lot has changed. But the Rockies, who, I well, I mean, I could I could name three guys right now who the Rockies should trade: John Gray, John Gray, and John Gray. Yeah, that's the most obvious uh, rental candidate, uh, and he's listed multiple times on our rundown here just to make sure we didn't miss him um but did you know kenley jansen yeah. was a converted catcher 
Wow, a, a revelation. I know, right? All right, but back to um, John Gray. Sorry. But yeah, John John Gray is just another Rockies pitcher that everyone's kind of wondering: is this guy any good? And we'd love to see him outside of Coors Field. And I think he's a another back end type starter that could help a ton of teams. Yeah, and John talk about here. and John Gray has shown a lot of promise in the past. I think he's going through some injuries right now. Is that? Yeah, I think he had a minor injury. I, I think he's okay. I'm not exactly sure, but... I, I think that's one that... I think his was the one that they're really not sure yet. They're, it's basically, we'll find out in the next like couple of days what's happening with that. Okay. But, so that's one to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'll, of course, the big chip. The elephant Trevor in the room Corey here. Probably could be the, the biggest guy move this, this July. Yeah, and he would be uh, – my guess would be he's the closest to a Glaber for Chapman type trade that we could see. It won't be that, but he's that good of a player that if a team really, really needed a shortstop to be competitive, then they would be willing to shell out a little bit more for Trevor Story. Yeah, he. The one thing to keep in mind is that he's low key having a little bit of a down season for for his standards. Uh, yeah, not quite the player that he's been the last few years, but obviously a, a player that a lot of teams would like to add. But the one thing that I was thinking is what teams that are contenders are really in the market for a shortstop. I mean, I can think of the Yankees and moving Glaber back to second base, but. That's well, the only, only one that really comes to the top of my mind. It depends how long Brandon Crawford's out. Brandon Crawford's not out. He's, a, he's Oh, wait, okay. is Longo the one that's out then? Longoria is the one that's out for about a month. So. Ah. Well, I mean, they could always – the Giants could always get story, get a little bit more youth, a little bit more uh, um, health, I guess, for – Lack of a better term, longevity. Um, yeah, that would be one heck of a moving, of a trade if they were able to yeah. pull that off within the division. Yeah, but like like I said though, with like Donovan Solano not being quite as uh, as good as he was last year, uh, he kind of came out of nowhere at like thirty one years old and just hit like three forty last year. He's not yeah. doing that again. Um, no. So they could they could always use a guy like story for especially if they're going to try and stay competitive with the Dodgers and the Padres but I think it'd be hard to poach him from uh in division rival um let's see and then some uh lightning round Michael Givens yeah just another relief pitcher on an expiring deal he's an easy guy to move all right Ryan McMahon Ryan McMahon is um, having a really good season, and he's got two more years of arbitration. Um, so the Rockies could move him, but that doesn't seem like a thing that they would typically do. Um, I, I, they just don't seem like they're going anywhere, so I feel like they should they should consider it. Personally, they need to. This is the highest value that he's ever going to have for them. Um, he's having an insane breakout season. He's got two more years of control plus the rest of this season. So he could bring back a haul. 
And the other thing that I just learned about him is that he's been playing second and third. So that's value in itself. And he's been doing it at a very high level. I think yeah. he leads the, the league in DRS at those uh, positions there. So Yeah, like it's he's not looking like a fluke. He's looking like a breakout. So I think they would be dumb not to trade him and get a ridiculous return for. Um, but maybe not as much as you could get for a Brian Reynolds who still has like four years of control or three years of control or whatever, but he could, to the right team, that could get you, Ryan McMahon could get you a top 100 prospect and a couple other guys. But Yeah. Um, let's see back to lightning round. Cause it was a very short lightning round the last time. Uh, Kyle Freeland, Kyle Freeland. Um, uh, yeah, he put him on the list here because he's another pitcher that, uh, is on the Rockies and they seem to trade their pitchers a lot because they don't seem to work out in, in the environment. And Freeland's another guy that showed talent and he was a high draft pick. So he could perhaps benefit from a change of scenery. Uh, Sensatella. Same story. Don't even need to say anything more about him. Marquez. Marquez is a different story because he's got a very team-friendly deal, and he's probably better than Freeland or Sensatella. Um, I don't think the Rockies are necessarily going to be motivated to move him, but... That's a guy that could get them a big haul, kind of like McMahon, I'd say. Yeah, and I, I'm i still on board with Marquez needs to be. Probably Marquez is like the guy who would be most desirable, I think, to other teams. His, sure. uh, his overlying numbers don't really look that great, but when you look at his underlying numbers and his home road splits, and then you look at just like any pitcher pitching in cores, He's really pretty good. Um, and so getting those, let's see, so 2022, 2023, and a club option for 2024, three years of a um, Solidly pretty, above pretty, average guy. Yeah, well above average guy. The Rockies are not going to be competitive in the next three years. Yeah. Period. If they keep him, they're dumb. If they keep McMahon, they're dumb. Yeah, at this point, they should have traded Story before the season. They're not going to get anything huge for him. If they don't trade any of these guys, I would say it should be Story. Like, Not that I want Trevor Story to have to stay in that situation any longer than he has to, but from a building a future of a team, eh, he's not going to net you the value that you think he is. Yep. So, yep. agree with that. But, yeah. Uh, and then, last one of our sellers, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, we can just hit on them pretty quickly here because they actually have a number of guys that are um, on expiring deals like Cole Calhoun, Eduardo Escobar, Merrill Kelly with a, some sort of option for next year, and Astrubal Cabrera. So, those are all pretty nice depth pieces for any contending team not necessarily to be starters but really good uh, options in a pinch or just off the bench yeah merrill kelly could be a solid number four or five starter yeah so 
Yeah, and then they do have uh, two guys who are um, uh, wouldn't be just little rental pieces in Nick Ahmed and David Peralta, um, who would both be some uh, pretty intriguing guys. Nick Ahmed, 31 years old, uh, signed through 2023. He's making almost $8 million next year, a little over 10 in 2023. Um, so he's a little bit up there in, in age as far as uh, you never really know what's going to happen, how he's going to age. He's a shortstop, so is he going to need to move to second? Who knows, right? So Yeah, yeah, and he's always been known for his uh, defensive prowess, so he could help a team that's shortstop needy kind of like story, but at a way lower cost. Yeah, and you get him for longer. So Yeah, that's true. Um, but you also get him older. Uh, and then David Peralta, uh, left field, primary. Yeah. So yep. uh, is he a lefty or a righty? I don't remember. Yeah, he's a lefty. So left-handed hitting corner outfielder, that should be appealing to pretty much any team ever. Yep, those guys are always on the move at the deadline every year. Yeah, and he's he's signed through next year as well, so he'd be a good one-and-a-half-year guy. Um, so, yeah, so the Diamondbacks do have a lot of potential to get some pieces um, they're not going to net a huge mega prospect they're, It's not going to be like the getting gallon granted. They had to give up a mega prospect for gallon, but you get the point. Um, all right, so let's switch and go the other direction and our clear contenders buyers. This should be pretty quick. Cause it's like, there's not really a whole lot of, uh, not really a whole lot of needs. Like there's a couple areas where they could, uh, use some more depth. Um, but the Dodgers, what what's the Dodgers' biggest need? Uh, their biggest need is probably not going to come from outside the organization. It's just going to be a matter of getting their guys back from the injured list. So Seager's uh, looking like he's getting close to a rehab assignment, but Max Muncy just got injured over the weekend. Um, and then looks like Bellinger's got some sort of potentially nagging injury. So for them, it's just about staying healthy. They've got some uh, starting pitching depth even after losing Dustin May I could see them adding maybe another bench bat and um, obviously guys in the bullpen which are always a need for any team yeah uh, yeah I think the bench bat is probably the one that stands out the most to me um, that that's exactly why they went and signed Albert for a guy that could hit lefties and just mash and he's doing his job right now. Um, yeah, yep. but and he's probably going to get a little bit of extra playing time now with Muncie on the shelf. Exactly. But I do think they could benefit from getting another guy uh, to come in who also mashes and just give him a little bit more depth against lefties. And and with Albert at this point, it's like he's absolutely mashing right now. Is that going to hold up? We don't know. It's He's kind of at the point where – given more playing time it's kind of gonna have him a little bit more exposed than when the Dodgers pick the spots specifically that he will succeed in, and that's why he's probably doing so well yeah so um let's see the Padres this one's Padres, this one was very tough for me because I just looked at their roster they're actually getting really healthy now I think all their starters except for Austin Nola are back in the lineup with Grisham back um Everyone else is uh, seemingly healthy, and 
got a strong starting rotation. They've had the best bullpen in the league, so not a lot of holes. And obviously, A.J. Preller did an amazing job building the 2021 Padres before the season, so he's left very little work for him in the middle of the season. All right, hear me out. I have one specific guy who I think they should go after. Okay, go for it. Terrence Gore. Oh, my God, you're right. They don't have the the super speedy guy. I guess. Well, Jorge I mean, Mateo's I was going to say they have Jorge Mateo, but he's not a postseason X factor, and I say that because he hasn't been in the postseason, and Terrence Gore is always a postseason X factor on the basis. Oh, yeah. He's experienced. I do think but... that Terrence Gore might actually be on a team, though, so they might have to swing a trade, big trade for Terrence Gore. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Giants. I kind of touched on this one already. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agreed with what you said about the Giants. I just think they're at the point where they've kind of banked enough wins where no matter what happens over the next month and a half, they're they're probably still going to be in it. And yeah. um, based on what they did in 2019, if you remember, um, they weren't very good to start the season. They went on a crazy hot run in the, in June and July. And then they ended up not selling whatever uh, pieces like uh, Mad Bum, for example. Yeah. Uh, people were talking about him getting traded. And he eventually didn't get traded because the Giants decided, hey, we're going to go for this. And I don't think they're the team that really wants to sell. And um, I don't really blame them for that. Like, why not just go for it? Yeah, well, and at this point, they've got enough wins banked up that if they even just go 500, which is what people thought they would be this year, the rest of the way through, they're probably going to be in the running for one of the wild cards. It'd be the second wild card, but yeah. So, uh, and then finally the Mets, I think uh, personally, I think the Mets biggest thing that they could do is just wait, get some guys healthy. Cindergaard's coming back. I don't remember if Conforto's back yet. He's not back yet, but he's getting close. I think. And then they had another couple guys that were hurt. I th- Jeff yeah. McNeil was hurt. Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, J.D. Davis. So they've had tons of injuries, and they've, they've weathered it really well because they're in first place, and they've actually got themselves a nice uh, little three-game margin over the next team. So you got to give them credit for being able to to withstand all those injuries and be in first place. It's pretty good and, and it's going to get better i think for them once they yeah. get their guys back yeah agreed all right so that is our buyers and our sellers so now we get to kind of the interesting part of the conversation the we don't know what you are at this point and we might not even know by july quite frankly with these two divisions the nl east and the nl central if you're not the Mets and you're not the Pirates. You need to do some soul searching here, dude. Like, it's... yeah, this is my favorite. This is my favorite time of season because, like, um, one team will have a you know a six in one week, and everyone will say, "Oh, they're buyers, they're buyers," and then they'll have a bad week, and everyone will say they're sellers. So things can really just change on a whim, and it's going to be fun to watch which teams actually sell and which buy, and and probably half the teams will do nothing at all. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's try and uh, stick to five minutes per division and see if we can get a good little rundown here. Uh, do you want me to do a division, you do a division? We'll see if we can just kind of 
do that or keep back and forth? Uh, we'll keep it back and forth, I guess. All right. Nationals. Uh, I was looking at the Nationals earlier today. Um, they are, let's see, what is their record right now? They are, I had it pulled up. There it is. 27 and 35. So they're at a 435 win percentage. They're in the basement of the division, uh, below Miami even, uh, seven and a half back of the Mets. So as of right now, they're looking like a long shot. Um, granted it's early. Um, the Cardinals came back from like 15 games behind in August one in 2011 or whatever, however far back they were. So they could definitely make the postseason. It's it's well within reach, um, but they've got a minus 26 run differential. They're kind of just underperforming all around. Um, their rotation they've uh, is being held up by Scherzer and Strasburg who are both injured right now. Um, They've both got under a 4 ERA. Corbin's doing all right. He's sitting somewhere around a 420 ERA, and then the entire rest of the rotation is about five on average is their ERA. I'll have to just say that Corbin's having an awful season. I think his ERA is above six. Is it? Dude, I literally, I don't know what I was looking at then, but whatever I was looking at, on Fangraphs, that particular page was just wrong, because that's the that's the page I was looking at where I told you Alec Bohm was doing okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I don't know what that page was. I'll look at a different one next time. Um, yeah. But yeah, just on the Nationals, uh, the Nationals never sell. Mike Rizzo is always uh, going for it, and he he probably uh, if he wants to sell, he's probably gonna have to figure out what that even looks like for for his team. I don't think they will, but if they end up having to sell, um, they have Starlin Castro, Daniel Hudson, Jan Gomes, John Lester, Alex Avila, Josh Harrison, Jordy Mercer, all on one-year deals. So and they have a lot of Max Scherzer's players. deal is expiring. I, yes, and I didn't mention him because he's the main main attraction potentially if they do decide they want to move him because that's that would be a true difference maker for a team. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a lot of teams that could use him. He does have a full no trade clause. So he, he has to approve any trade he gets. Um, he's been in conversations um, of potentially going to like St. Louis of going to um, New York, the New York. I think at one point I heard the Cubs mentioned, but I doubt they would go for Scherzer. I think they're going to go with some other options just because they don't want to raise the payroll that much, um, which is kind of where the Cardinals probably are too, to be frank. But Scherzer is an X factor. He, he could basically be what Justin Verlander was when he got traded down to uh, Houston in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Just having this conversation makes me think that it is the move to actually trade him, even though he is probably the best player in Nationals history. Um, yeah. But, like, look at the Nationals farm system. It's regarded as one of the worst. So They, they have a couple of good pieces, and Cade Cavalli, their number one overall draft pick last year, but he's a long ways out. He's years away, yeah. So. I'd say I'd say trade him and, and actually try to get a – a nice prospect out of it. Yeah. I, I don't know if Mike Rizzo's going to be Jerry DePoto enough to do it though. 
Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, and then the the one other note I had on the Nationals is that their entire bullpen is just bad, with the exception of Brad Hand, who is not on a very long deal, right? Was he on a one-year? Is he yeah, one of the guys you mentioned? Yeah. Uh, he's got maybe – he's got a – He's got an op. Uh, yeah, he's he's a free agent after the year. Yeah. Yeah. So he could bring back some trade value. He's a pretty solid reliever. Um, not. I don't think he's doing as well as he was last year with Cleveland or the last couple of years with Cleveland, but he's still pitching pretty well. So, yeah. um, then we move to the Marlins, the twenty-nine and thirty-six Marlins, currently in fourth place. What are What are you thinking there? I'm thinking the. I see similarities to the 2019 Giants where they're probably not going to be in it this year, but they don't seem like a team that's that far away. Just looking at their pitching, I think they have the third best FIP in the league. Um, Their pitchers have been outstanding, especially the starters, and they're all young and they're going to be good for for a while. Um, It's just the offense that needs to improve. And with Starling Marte, who's on the one year or on his last year, he could bring back a solid return but with his comments saying that he would like to finish a career with the marlins and uh, he's not that old i think he's 32 so i feel like they they could um ride it out with him this year and, and have the first crack at signing him back because i wouldn't have a problem giving him like a three or four year deal to be kind of the the veteran yeah the, on, uh, the on veteran in the room club. Yeah, helping Jazz Chisholm and all these young guys who are incredibly talented come along and yeah, I I agree with that. I I honestly think keeping Starlin is or Starling is the right move. If they do trade him, trade him to the Yankees. <laughs> but they'll yeah, he's playing I think, at a super I think high Jeter, level. Yeah, and I think Jeter could get a pretty good return for Starling, quite frankly take a, a struggling veteran and i mean the yankees farm system is just stacked so yeah um let's see then we've got the let's just keep moving up the rankings the third place atlanta braves sitting at 30 and 33 five games out of first right now i think the braves are finally starting to look like the team we thought they would be um they're starting to get hot uh, you've got uh, guys. Hold on, let me actually check this before I start talking. Since clearly my uh, whatever I was reading was just wrong. So before I start reading some stats, let's get the right ones pulled up. Um, Freddie Freeman is still kind of struggling, uh, hitting two thirty-seven. Um, he does have 15 bombs, uh, and he's walking 15% of the time. So he's still a valuable hitter, even though he's only hitting 237, which is way lower than his, his, uh, standard. He's a, he's a career 300 hitter, um, a career 290 hitter. Um, but he's got a 118 WRC plus his, uh, peripherals look the same as last year. Freddie is going to turn the corner and he's going to be back to MV Freeman um, status. So that being said, uh, it, well, and with their rotation is still pretty solid. They're, they're number top three in Morton, Freed, and Anderson. That's a good rotation. They kind of fall off there after the top three. Um, 
I honestly am not sure who they're if they have a clear number four guy. Maybe they do, and I just am not smart enough to find him. But their biggest their biggest problem to me is corner outfielders. Um, Acuna is well. I mean, depending on if Acuna is playing right or center, I guess would decide if you're hey, talking he's been, corner. He's been playing mostly right this year. So. Has he? Um, yeah. So I guess left field and center field are their biggest their biggest needs there because with Ozuna having his stuff, he shouldn't be back in 2021. I don't think. Yeah, it, it just seems unlikely he would be back anyway. So yeah, can't and, really count on him to bring anything to the team. Yeah, and Pache hasn't popped off yet. He still could be a very good, uh, very good player. I think Pache is more of a contact outfielder than a power outfielder, right? Does that sound about right? He's got some power, but he doesn't make great contact either. So I don't know if they can really count on him. I think they really need to go out and get a established um, outfielder like a David Peralta that you you know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, and actually that that's a great fit, I think. David Peralta just seems like exactly the type of guy that Braves love. Yeah, because right now with the outfield they're putting out with uh, Abraham Almonte and uh, Guillermo Heredia, Ehire, Adrianza, like these are not, these are like more the journeyman type guys that you don't want playing um, most of the games in the outfield for a team that's supposed to be contending for the division. So I think this team's underperformed kind of like what you're talking about with Freddie and hopefully they get better, but I also think they need to add to their starting pitching, which like you said, it's kind of top heavy and after the top three sort of drops off a bit. Yeah. I don't really, I'm not terribly concerned about their bullpen. Like, I mean, it's yeah. not amazing, but it's, it's not a bad bullpen by any means. So I, I do think that's actually one of their team's strengths. Yeah. So, uh, which is lucky for them because there's going to be a lot of teams in the market for all those relievers. So any team that's set with what they got, but could make a move is probably in a good spot. Uh, and then finishing up the NL East uh, pr- pretty quick here is the Phillies. The Phillies are – their lineup is actually pretty darn good. Uh, Alec Bohm is about the only glaringly struggling piece, uh, but the rest of their lineup is um, – is looking pretty solid. Uh, over 100 WRC plus for a major. I think all the other seven outside of Bohm. Uh, McCutcheon's hitting uh, 109 WRC plus. Uh, Bryce is starting to hit it or hit it off. Uh, Reese is starting to go off. Um, they're they're Real kind Muto of and Segura are both having really good seasons themselves. So yeah. it's a really good lineup and it's deep too. So. The offense is not the problem with the Phillies, and that's kind of what we expected coming into the season, too. Yeah, they could always bolster their outfield a little bit, I think. Um, Kutch, is, Kutch is still a good, productive player, but I do think there are probably some guys on the market that could take over left field and then use Kutch more, moving him around, playing him off the bench. Um, so, But, yeah, their, uh, their team WRC Plus is 94, so that's actually pretty solid. Um, but yeah, their, their bullpen is bad. 
And then their same way that we were talking with the Braves, rotation is top heavy. Uh, after Nola, Eflin, and Wheeler, you kind of just get lost. Like I, Spencer Howard's there. He could very well break out here in the next couple weeks and be really good. Um, he does have the stuff. He's just young and inexperienced, and so I expect him to come around eventually. But I yeah, think here at the knowing, deadline, they would be smart. Knowing who is manning the ship, um, I don't believe that Dave Dombrowski is going to be counting on Spencer Howard. He seems more likely to go out and actually pay a decent amount to get a reliable starter. Yeah, that I forgot Dombrowski was there. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Joe Girardi being not him necessarily too. the. He get impatient. Oh my goodness. Dylan really missed the home plate. On a home he, run? Uh not on a home run. It was a double. He just like was about that close to the bag. Did he but missed or did it. He step over it. He stepped over it. He went back to try and get it and I think he was tagged out. Oh wow. Uh, dang it. We need to teach these young guys how to run the bases. That's just a side note. All right, so uh, we are at 57 minutes. Let's try and cook through the NL Central and then some closing thoughts. All right, so the NL Central is equally as confusing as the NL East. Um, the The Reds, I think, are probably the – well, I guess the Cardinals are in fourth. We'll start with the Cardinals then. The Cardinals are obviously with Dylan missing home plate struggling. Uh, I think we've had one win in the last week and a half. It's mostly because of the, the pitching staff. Um, the, the lineup isn't exactly helping, but I was gonna um, say, yeah, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. Very little is going right for the Cardinals right now. Yeah. Defense is bad. Hitting is just not there. I, I think the pieces are there. It's just not clicking right now. Yeah. And I don't know how to get it to click, but it's not. Uh, but the rotation in the bullpen need a lot of help really quick if the Cardinals are going to make a push and a run in this division. Because right now, uh, KK's hurt. Michaelis is hurt. Flaherty is hurt. Um, oh, someone else has got to be hurt. I know they are. Uh, Harrison Bader. Well, I was thinking in the rotation, but yeah, oh, Har- Harrison Bader is also hurt, and he's not going to be back for a little bit longer than expected. Um, he cracked a rib rolling over a, a ball he dove for that he just barely missed. But I don't know. It's uh, So right now the Cardinals are rolling out Gant, Oviedo, Martinez, and Wayno, and all of our minor league pitchers on the 40-man are hurt or they're in our bullpen. Yeah. So we don't really have anyone to call up right now. If one more guy goes down, we're kind of screwed. I don't even know who, Oh, he, yeah, he was called out after like a three minute review. Um, yeah, I'm just as lost as anybody when it comes to the Cardinals. Uh, I, I have a couple ideas of guys they could go after that I think would be a big help. Danny Duffy is, uh, I think a free agent after this year. Um, Kansas city is, starting to fall off from the race a little bit. Um, I don't think they're going to be in the contention for the second wild card. So 
Danny Duffy is a really interesting uh, rotation piece. Is a left-handed, um, left-handed arm. Um, doesn't pitch from the windup at all. He only pitches out of the stretch, which is interesting. So I think that could be a different look that would benefit the Cardinals, get him a little bit of help. I don't think he'll be terribly expensive, although the Royals front office is smart, so they won't give him away for nothing. So guys like that. Um, I think Tyler Tyler Anderson, the guy from the, the, yeah, Tyler Anderson would be a good pickup for the Cardinals um, if the Pirates would be willing to trade with him. Um, He's only making two and a half mil this year. Uh, He was on a one-year deal, so he wouldn't be terribly expensive. Um, So there's options. Kind of to to tie it to the Cubs. So the Cubs have the same need as the Cardinals in, in starting pitching. And I think some of these selling teams could, could kind of, Started bidding more. their guys and, and say like, Hey, we're, uh, we're going to, we can trade you this guy, you know, now here at the end of June and you can get an extra month of them and then kind of leverage the Cubs versus the Cardinals versus plenty of other teams that are looking for starting pitching help as we've discussed here and trying to drive that price up a little bit, but it's definitely a desperate situation for the Cardinals Cubs are kind of managing with what they have with uh, behind Hendricks, of course. Um, Alzelay's on the injured list right now. Zach Davies is kind of pitching better. Arietta sort of hit or miss um, in his starts, but they're they've kind of shown that they're not um, they're not going to be sellers this year. They're, they've been, they've shown that they're good enough to to compete and it appears they're going to be uh, buying. It's just to what extent they do that. Yeah. But starting pitching is really the biggest biggest hole for them right now. Yeah, and the Cubs do have it um, a little bit easier knowing that their uh, lineup is, is clicking. And it's clicking yeah. really well recently. So, and the bullpen's been incredible. I think they've only lost two games after they've had a lead um, after the seventh inning. So pretty much um, Kimbrell you just kind of have a eight or a seven inning game basically when you get the lead. So that helps a lot. Yeah. So whereas the Cardinals have a lot more needs, try they Carlson is, he's playing well. He's not playing where everyone hoped he would be, but I think there were some expectation issues there. Um, even from myself, I, I thought he was going to be a God this year, but I, I could take about two seventy and, about I think he's at six home runs right now and he's he's looking good but he's not looking great and I think that's that's about where we should expect him to be the rest of the year and then when if he's better than that great but we do need a third slash fourth outfielder when Harrison comes back um, just to help out Um, defense has been struggling and I think part of that is that Tommy is just he's playing every position at this point so Tommy's just getting so many different looks. He can't just settle in one spot and focus on it and know his reads. And um, so he's struggling there a little bit. Arenado's made a few uncharacteristic errors, but I mean, obviously you're not going to do anything to trade him or whatever. Um, but yeah. And then let's see, I could rant about the Brewers. Cardinals for a long time. So the Brewers have yeah, so a different problem. Are- <laughs> yeah, they've got a different problem than the Cubs and the Cardinals for sure. Um, they're they're tied with the Cubs for first place in the division right now. 
They've got great starting pitching uh, led by their three-headed monster, uh, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. Those guys have been insane this year. And uh, whether they have sticky stuff or not, they're probably still going to be very, very good pitchers. And that's kind of the strength of their team. And then they get it to the back end of the bullpen with um, Devin Williams, who hasn't been 2020 Devin Williams, but he's been solid. And he obviously could flip the switch at any time. And then Josh Hader's just been amazing this year. I have no proof of this. And I'm not going to necessarily accuse him. But I would like to see some uh, some of ha- uh, haters' data here from the last uh, Actually, like, week. Actually, I do know something about it. Interesting thing about Josh Hader is he has a very l- low spin fastball. It's actually um, only about 2,100 RPM. Um, and he throws really hard. And then it was actually down a couple hundred. So it was like more in the 1,900 range. So What about a slider? That I don't know. Because so. his slider's the one that I think he's probably... That's got so much movement, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Oh, well. But, yeah. No, the Brewers definitely need... They need hitters. Bats. They need hitters. I don't care where you put them. They just need them. I, yeah. d- do they have an above-average hitter this year? Uh, Colton Wong? Maybe uh, Omar Narvaez. He's been pretty good, but... Colton's been pretty uh, decent. The bunch um, as a whole, they are 25th in WRC plus, uh, 87 with an 87, so 13% below average. Um, really not great, and they just lost Travis Shaw to a pretty major shoulder injury. Uh, so they really need like a corner infielder that can that can handle third base. Uh, they've got Colton Wong on the on the IL. He's coming back, I think, this week but that should help them a little bit, but yeah. they need bats. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, last team in the NL we need to talk about is the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are currently in third place uh, and with a 32-31 and 31 record, uh, five games behind uh, the Brewers and Cubs. Uh, in the division, um, they are a good offensive team. Um, they've got some guys that are struggling a little bit more than we thought they might in Eugenio Suarez, who I think is probably still below the Mendoza line. I, he sure is. Yeah. He does have 15 homers, though. I, he's Yasmani Grandal in it with less walks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, and he's he's playing uh, he's playing short though, which is a problem. Yeah, he's been playing short less because they finally realized that he can't it was do a it. Terrible idea. It took him a while to realize that when we knew it the whole time. Yeah, and then pitching is not as big of a strength as I thought it would be this year. Sonny Gray still looks decent. He's not looking stellar, but he's definitely a guy that if they decide to trade. Sonny would be a guy that I think teams would pounce on and should pounce on. Yeah. As long as they don't try and send him to New York or L.A. Because I I think Sonny has kind of proved that he tends to do better in places that have lower expectations of him 
then because New York, I think that was mostly his issue. There was expectations of the fan base and he didn't live up to those, but that's an impossible to please fan base. It's also a really difficult place to pitch. So there's that too. That's also a valid point, but yeah. And, but I, I tend to think that the reds are more of a team that's just kind of going to stand pat and they're going to try to win. Um, I guess they have a chance. I don't think they have a great chance. I would definitely put them fourth among the Cubs, Cardinals and Brewers, but they have the offense to, to do it. Uh, pitching, probably not, but we'll see what they do, I guess. Yeah, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So, there's there's a lot of, uh, a lot of teams have a lot of needs, I think, is basically what we're getting to. There's a handful of teams that could fill a lot of those needs and get a lot better a lot quicker here in the next two years. Um that being the Pirates with guys like Frazier, uh, potentially Brian Reynolds, the Rockies with guys like Trevor Story, John Gray, um, uh, Ryan McMahon, uh, Herman Marquez, um, and then what was our other seller team? Crap. The Diamondbacks. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks have some interesting pieces that are not going to net them a huge return. Um, But could get them some prospects to be a little bit more competitive here in the next couple of years and try and compete for that at least middle of the division spot. Um, and then you got your obvious buyers, but I, I do think that the NL East and Central is probably the the most interesting bit there. So I guess you got any, uh, got any closing comments? Um. Probably all the things we said are going to be completely uh, irrelevant in about three weeks, but you yeah. never know. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we'll, we won't do a full uh, deep dive into the NL again, but we might uh, come back on a smaller topic and just kind of see how things have changed here in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. next... I'm sure we'll talk about the trades once they are completed. And Yes, we will make sure to do is. that. Yeah. Uh, so next week, uh, we'll be doing the same thing with the American League. Uh, and when I say we, I really mean Gautham and Matthew. Uh, I am going on vacation. I leave um, tomorrow night. I'm going to go stay up with Matthew so that I could get to the airport on Wednesday a lot quicker. Um, so we'll be enjoying some wine out in napa valley so that's gonna be nice i'm i'm excited so i'll be listening to you guys next week uh i'll just keep dropping my thoughts in the chat for you um try and stay as involved as i can um but yeah so uh come back next week and see what's going on with the al uh they might have some great ideas of some interleague trades i don't know we'll we'll see um yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, we do have the giveaway going on uh, Facebook and Twitter, so um, go check that out. Uh, you can win um, a, let's see, Luis Robert and Joe Adele rookie cards, a Will Climb prospect auto, and some other uh, fun stuff that um, I haven't quite figured out what it's going to be yet. Just know that your comments uh, do matter, so don't make up a random player and team to say they're your favorite because you may end up with that. Um, 
yeah so uh check us out on facebook twitter follow us there uh we do like to just tweet kind of randomly throughout the week so if you enjoy our content check us out there if you um let's see if you like baseball cards uh check out our youtube page uh i do open some cards on there every once in a while i just uh recorded a video last night i'll be putting up uh probably tomorrow um it's almost ready uh, I just got a couple little edits to uh, make, and then I'll load it. Uh, we'll have another video up next week as well, so subscribe to us there, and you will get um, notifications whenever new videos are posted. Um, see, follow us on Twitch uh, and hang out with us on Mondays at 8:30 uh, while we record. Um, if you uh, comment in the chat, your comments will show up here on the screen, um, and then. Yeah, uh, we are now on Apple Podcasts. As of last week, we were not. We are now. So uh, you can find us anywhere that you find podcasts. Uh, if you like our podcast, um, please let us know by giving us a five-star review uh, and leaving a comment. Um, so thank you very much uh, for hanging out with us tonight. And that's all from me. So Thanks a lot. Have a good night.